to be or not to be? That is the question. This famous quote from William Shakespeare's play, Hamlet, uh, is very famous to our ears. But tonight we ask the question, to legalize or not to legalize? That is the question, the marijuana debate in the United States 2020. Hey guys, welcome to the Liberty Show with Kevin Fortune, the King of Liberty, where we allow you, the citizens, the public, to raise your voice and provide a platform to speak out on issues that matter to you to help put our liberties and freedom into action. Once again, we just wanna remind you to view us on YouTube. And if you're viewing us on YouTube, please, please hit the subscribe button, hit the like button and share us with your friends. Also, you can follow us on Facebook. You can follow us on Instagram, The Liberty Show with Kevin Fortune. And if you feel so lovely desired to be a sponsor, only $5 a month to help us keep us on the air, you can go to uh, www.patreon.com forward slash The Liberty Show to do so. So let's get started tonight. This topic of legalizing marijuana in the United States is one that is very important. It's one that's uh, in the news a lot because some states have already legalized, and it is a major topic in a lot of the presidential uh, debates and amongst the candidates right now. It's very ironic that there are a lot of people that I talk to who normally are on the show that thought, hmm, that's not really important. I'm not really into that. But I just want to remind us as we listen tonight that whether you partake of cannabis or not or whether you think it's right or wrong, it is affecting your life. All of the people that are arrested for cannabis, uh, that are in jail, whether you think it's right or wrong, you're paying for all of that. Some of the people who could have jobs by growing hemp or something like that that are on the welfare rolls when they could be working, all of this. So directly or indirectly, it is affecting all of us. So let's get started tonight. We're going to go down to the Sunshine State and one of my favorite Republicans, <laughs> Mr. David from Florida. Hey, all right, David, Kevin. What do you think about legalizing marijuana? It's not on my front burner, but like you said, it is a matter of liberty. It's a choice that people make, and um, we shouldn't be punishing those. They're caught up in something that really is done in their own privacy. And there is a market out there to be had. Um, I hope a lot of people don't go the route that the Seattle, Washington, and Denver, Colorado go, where they end up taxing it so much that it begins. There's a black market behind the market. Um, again, I think there are other pressing needs in our country right now, and for that reason, um, I wonder how much it really is on the front burner of most voters. Well, let me comment on that. I think that it's maybe not on the front burner and that's the problem. I think it should be because it's still one of the biggest problems we have, one of the biggest debts, which I, you know, you and I agree are, are debt in our country is just unbelievable, is our penitentiary debt. Because of our penitentiary industrial complex and the burden it has on society, the majority of people in our penitentiaries a lot of them are there for um, this, uh, uh, whatever we call the drug war, which I don't know if it's really fake, but you know, they're there because of that. So I think it's something that, don't you agree, should be on the front burner because we're spending billions and trillions of dollars a year on something that you know, is not necessary. It is an infringement on liberty, yes. And, for the, and again, it, 
it, the way law enforcement has attacked it. Um, again, we know that a lot of times hardcore drug dealers uh, plea down and are arrested under that, but I wonder what percentage that is. Uh, again, it's a lot of wasted resource going after that level of crime when there's bigger fish to fry that are far more dangerous. I, I agree. Now, one last question, David. You know, you're being a free market, a laissez-faire capitalist type person. Um, you know, growing hemp, which is a cousin to cannabis and marijuana, but it's also been grouped as illegal because of this crazy war on drugs. Uh, can you come and do you know how, um, what a blessing would be to our country to grow hemp, which you can make bricks, you can make construction materials, you can make fibers, and it's so easily grown that even uneducated people, some of our lowest people, you know, um, with, they don't have a lot of skills, could actually be employed and get off our welfare rolls. What do you think about that? Well, yeah, that's obvious. Um, Georgia carpet industry and the fought hemp, and they'll continue to be a roadblock for to be passed in Georgia. But yeah, but it's government stepping in the way of innovation. I agree. Or I protecting agree. others, protecting others. Well, I wish we had more Republicans that thought like you, because <laughs> you're pretty <laughs> open-minded, but you're really a man of liberty. Thanks, Dave, and continue to... Um, Enjoy yourself down in the Sunshine State. Next, All right, gonna, thank you, Kim. We're going to come back up to uh, outside of Atlanta, Georgia, to my friend, Miss Quincy Blair. Hi, everyone, and thank you, Kevin, for having me back on the show today. Um, in talking about the legalization of marijuana, I thought it would be important to talk about this country's history with the connection between race and the criminalization of marijuana and the effects that has today. So marijuana was first introduced in the U.S. in 1611, where it was initially used for its fiber, fiber otherwise known as hemp today. Uh, by the mid-19th century, it was used both medicinally and recreationally by all Americans and really hit a boom during the 1920s when the prohibition of alcohol took effect and people were looking for another substance to replace the use of alcohol. Um, by 1910, however, Mexico had a revolution that sent tons of immigrants coming through the American Southwest. So by 1930, about 1.5 million Mexican immigrants were residing in the U.S. and had situated themselves firmly within the labor market, since, of course, they could be exploited for cheap labor. However, as Mexican immigrants were continuing to be used for um, labor during this time, many Americans were also hit heavily with the effects of the Great Depression. And so around this time, we start to see that the use of marijuana was being less associated with the American lifestyle and more associated with violence and crime among minorities. So by 1937, although prohibition had already ended and therefore there was a decrease in the marijuana usage among many Americans, the Marijuana Tax Act was created, which through its enforcement allowed for Mexicans to be surged and up to 2 million Mexican and Mexican Americans were deported during this time. Then in the 1960s, we again see a return of marijuana to American mainstream pop culture, uh, particularly by the young white middle class who were rebelling against the establishment norms. And during this time, marijuana was associated as a symbolism of peace. However, also during this time, we have the American civil rights movement happening in the American South. 
Shortly after this, we see Nixon's war on drugs, as well as Reagan's commitment to the idea of war on drugs. And we have draconian sentencing being used during this time, such as three strikes laws and mandatory minimums. So today, even though usage of marijuana between blacks and whites are nearly equal, we have blacks that are more uh, that are almost uh, four times more likely to be arrested for this drug than whites than white people and roughly half of all drug arrests um, are for marijuana. Now today we have about 26 states in DC that have decriminalized small amounts of marijuana, 33 states in DC that have made it legal for medicinal purposes and 11 states in DC that have allowed its legality for recreational uses. So it's clear that public opinion and its negative perceptions are starting to shift in this country. And yet black people continue to bear the brunt of its criminalization. So all of this is basically just to say that I think we need to refocus ourselves around the question of why it was criminalized in the first place, what were the long, long lasting effects of those policies, and are those ideologies something that we should continue to align ourselves with today? She is awesome. Thank you, Quincy. I tell you, she's our law research student, and I tell you, she goes behind the scenes and gets the real facts. Thank you for that historical background, which brings us up today. Um, next, we want to go to my main man, DK. And he's not the murderer, DK, but it's my main man, Damon, in Stockbridge, Georgia. Hey, Damon, you're on the Liberty Show. Well, Kevin, man, she hit the nail right on the head, man. Um, there's not really a whole whole lot more I can add to it. She kind of went from start to finish the dis the disparities that exist in uh, why the marijuana mar marijuana laws exist in the first place, and she did a very good job in in explaining why. And if you fast forward to now, um, you know there have been reports that show that alcohol is more dangerous than marijuana, but yet marijuana is illegal and alcohol is legal. Um, and there there are a lot of different racial undertones to why it still is illegal because they show the blacks and whites use marijuana pretty much at the same at the same level um but it's blacks who are more than likely uh to be incarcerated for that and again that's not a coincidence um there are a lot of a lot of uh white people in this country who um who claim to not be racist right and they may not be consciously racist but in, in not acknowledging the disparity in sentencing for marijuana for blacks and whites, they're really adding, adding fuel to the fire because there's racial undertones to why marijuana laws are still, still in existence. As long as black folks can be incarcerated for it and we can look the other way when white folks get caught with marijuana, then there's nothing to really see there. And as far as white folks, if it doesn't concern them, a lot of times they don't care. Whereas black folks, we're, we're trying to scream from the mountaintops, we need to solve these problems that are affecting us. But again, because it doesn't affect certain parts of the, of the mainstream society, in this case being white people, then they don't, they don't care to solve the problem. So it's good to see that there's a, more, there's a coalescing of people of all, all you know, stripes um, in this country that are seeing the, 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 um, the problems with marijuana not being legalized. Because again, there's no good justifiable reason for marijuana to be illegal. Um, when we look at marijuana, there are so many different applications for hemp, right? People look at marijuana just as a drug that you smoke, but there are so many different applications that we can use with hemp. You can make clothing out of hemp. You can make paper out of hemp. There are so many different things. We could really transform our economy because really, when we look at everything that's happening right now with the COVID crisis 
it's really going to fundamentally change our economy. Our economy is generally has generally been consumption based, right? We don't really produce anything. But just think about the revolution that we could we could uh, we could go on if we allow uh, marijuana legalization and also the use of hemp in general for all the different things that you can utilize hemp for. So that's pretty much you know all, all I have to add to it. It's just that there's no good justifiable reason in the year 2020 why marijuana is illegal and alcohol is legal. Because if you're going to say that marijuana should be illegal, then let's say alcohol should be illegal. But we've done that before. It didn't work. But all marijuana legalization is is, is, uh, is prohibition 2.0. And so we need to undo that, make it legal, and let's let's see where it goes from there. So now we're going to just talk to two um, people that actually know a little bit about the subject of uh, marijuana usage. And we're gonna to talk to one from the recreation side and one from the medical side. So first we're gonna to go to the recreation side. One of my favorite people, the coolest man, uh, south of the Mason-Dixon line, Mr. Solomon in uh, outside of Atlanta, Georgia. Welcome to the Liberty Show, Solomon. <laughs> What's going on, Kevin? Thanks for having me. Hey, I just wanted to talk, um, I know that you know just a little bit about marijuana. Can you tell me why do you know a little bit about it? Because I indulge in it, you know, it's like a little day. It's a daily practice for me. Okay. So, Solomon, what do you think about living in a state where they don't accept uh, you to use it recreationally, that your rights are being infringed upon, it's that you can actually go to jail and be in prison for that? Well, I think it's kind of lame, but at the same time, I don't, we don't really care because, you know, we, we do it anyway. And there's certain parts in Atlanta, like you drive through, that's all you'll smell. Like certain neighborhoods you go through in Atlanta, you just, that's all you'll smell. And I know police are not hopping out the cars trying to arrest nobody, even though they smell it. So I don't really see the point of weed being um, illegal, you know. Like it's not, there's, there's nothing dangerous about it. There's nothing, like I'm not harming myself. I'm not harming anybody. Like I just want to smoke my weed, chill out. And, and you know, I, I agree. And uh, it's really interesting because you're a college student. And it's like normal at colleges. Uh, exactly. I went to several uh, like city council meetings and hearings, and even the um, the police at Georgia State were like, "Hey, let's decrim," you know, because they spend more time on paperwork arresting these kids for a harmless drug. No one has ever died, OD or whatever, of on marijuana. And exactly. So, uh, so tell me just briefly, why do you use it? What does it do for you? You know, it just calms me down, like you said, like with me being a college student, like a lot of stuff kind of, um, I'm not going to say it gives me anxiety, but you know, I just get anxious from a lot of stuff I have to do dealing with college and going to work. So, you know, like sometimes I just like to hit my weed to calm down. And then like you got, and then like, well, like you were saying, you have like all these different drugs. So you have like Xanax, you have Percocet, you have like all these different drugs that will actually kill you if you take too much of them. But like, you know, it's a, you have to smoke way more, you have to smoke way more meat, way more weed than you would have to take Percocet or Xanax to die from it. Like you never really heard of nobody dying from smoking too much weed, but the stuff the government prescribed and says that it's okay to take will actually kill you if you take too much of it. Right. And you know, that's the point we want to focus on that, you know, being a liberty show, we, we're not biased, but we, it should be your liberty to do what you want. So do you feel like you own your body or should the government tell you what to do with your body, what to put in your body? Of course, I feel like, I should, you know, I own my body. Like, I can do what I want. You know, and that's the part that we're, we're challenging, that if you own your body, they've got all these laws and stuff to say what you can do with or without your body. And then as uh, Quincy was stating, it's, it adversely affects especially people of color. 
You know, I've right. done a lot of teaching um, and volunteer work, like at some um, drug rehabs and different things. And you got like all these little rich, like white kids in the suburbs sitting around in rehab, playing tennis and golf and, you know, swimming and drinking lattes. And the black folks are sitting up in jail over weed. And they, like you said, they had heroin and Oxycontin and meth. All right. What do you think about that? Well, I think it's uh it's America. <laughs> it's Amer- <laughs> I Welcome like to that, America. <laughs> Welcome to America. Well, you know, and that, that's a good point. You know, in this land of freedom and liberty, life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, how can you have your life the way you want it to be, your liberty, and how can you pursue happiness if they're telling you what you can do and not do to to be happy? Oh, well, boy. I think. Well, I think uh, you know you have to you have to. You have a you have to have a certain skin color to you know have those liberties and freedoms that they say we have. Well, we can ready to change that with people like you, man. You know, I'm counting on you, Solomon. Solomon for president. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> well, I know what your number one platform would be. <laughs> and, and Already. I, actually, I saw something on the internet, Solomon. You're gonna love it. They said that's the problem with President Trump. If he would just smoke some weed, he wouldn't be so crazy. <laughs> he would be a whole different. I think. Well, I, I think, think Trump. I think Trump is smoking weed. And I also think he's smoking a lot of other stuff too. Oh, no, no, well, Trump's smoking something else. Yeah, yeah Trump, Trump so smoking everything. <laughs> I think that should be the first requirement. That should be the first requirement to be the president. If you're not, if you don't smoke weed, you should not be the no. You know, and it's funny because you don't have to smoke. I don't smoke. Um, I need to probably no. But it's funny because. My family are uh, Native American Cherokee Indians, and I wanted right. to pipe that in there that it is part of their culture. My great-great-grandmother, she, she died at like 104, 106. She smoked weed to the day she died. <laughs> and she was healthy. That woman could run. She could have been in the Olympics, you know. But, so you're also infringing upon people's religious rights, their cultural rights. Right. And, you know, we need to stop this in America. So right. thank you so much, Solomon. You can stay on the line. If you have something later on, just chime in if you feel free. So now yes, we're going to go to the medical side. One of my good friends, a real smart guy and a cool guy, Mr. David, all the way up in um, outside of Seattle, Washington. Dave, welcome to the Liberty Show. Let's hear your story. Hey, Kevin, good to be here. Yeah. So and first, I want to go back to something that David said at first. He said that Seattle taxes are too high on cannabis. And the black market is still here, thanks to that. He is absolutely correct. The taxes are insane. I mean, the taxes are between 30 and 40%. I don't remember the exact number off the top of my head. Wow. (laughs) That's the black market is still alive and well, because especially Seattle, they love to tax everything. So, yeah, and and you hear what happened in Canada. It's even worse. Canada's taxes are so high that their black market is doing great. So Canada legalized at a federal level, but it's pointless because their taxes are so high. It's not solving the core well, can problem. You, can, as Kevin said, reduce the people in prison, the prison population. Yeah, That's the big issue in Canada, though, they're still sending people to prison because <laughs> their taxes are so high. That the wow. market's going great. And then something that uh, Solomon said, he said, hit my weed to calm down. <laughs> that is absolutely correct. You know, prescriptions are legal. Alcohol is legal. But what does that do to you? Those are actually dangerous to your body. Um, a decade ago, I was knocked unconscious for 28 days, and I've got some permanent um, impairments due to that. One of the biggest is sleep. My sleep is horrible, and I get used to prescriptions, and they stop working. 
Um, and I'm just out of luck. I'm laying there, no sleep. And then you go crazy with insomnia. Well, cannabis has been a savior in that way. It does not fix my sleep problems, but it gives me that little extra sleep and turns my life from an insomnia hill into something that's tolerable and sometimes actually decent. And over time, my family has learned that cannabis is not what the news has been telling everybody all these decades. Right. Um, you know, like my wife uh, recently, I had a, there was some, uh, I was stressed out about songs. <laughs> yeah, but uh, there was a challenge. And uh, she says, okay, Dave, why don't you go smoke one? <laughs> and so it's kind of, I started to laugh when I said it, but it's, it, it is nice to have that um, kind of negative connotation be lifted as people see what it really is. You know, now my, my son, he's 14. He would not smoke in a million years because dad does. So that's the other positive side to it. But, uh, you know, he sees it as, he doesn't see it as some bad thing he's got to go do so he can be in his rebellious stage as a teenager. And when I was a teenager, oh yeah, I love that. My parents didn't like cannabis. So yeah, I smoked a joint. <laughs> that was kind of the way I felt at the time. And because it was illegal. And I'm hoping with my son, that won't be the case because cannabis is just something that dad uses to calm down for sleep. Well, David, let me ask you something. I know that part of your struggle has been, um, even before it was legalized, before you moved out there, um, you know, getting access to it. But can you, you know, uh, just inform some of our listeners of the struggle, the, the bureaucracy, the red tape uh, with the doctors, with the government, you know, just to get access to to a medicine even after you were approved or is legal. Can you comment on that? Actually, that's a really good point, Kevin. Um, see, when it's legal, there's still a big lack of understanding. Like when I came out here, I thought doctors would be more understanding. No, doctors are still preaching medical prescriptions and all that stuff. I was very surprised about that. And um, that the, the drug companies have a lot of pull over our medical community. So that was a big disappointment. Well, I'm glad to hear from you, David. Glad that you brought in that perspective on the meta, the medicinal side. Uh, that is a big um, uh, controversy in a lot of states, medical only versus medical and recreational. So why do you think we should have both medical and recreational? Oh, that's a good point. I, so, Medical is not like medical here in Washington State. I'm approved for medical, but I shop at a recreational store, um, one that happens to be run by a libertarian. But um, this store is cheap because it's a high volume store. So the discounts that you get from being medical aren't really great enough to make it worthwhile. You're actually paying higher prices for medical at the stores because the medical stores have more regulations they have to go through, so their stuff costs more. And I didn't renew my medical card because it's actually cheaper to shop at a high-volume recreational store than go through that medical process. They've just added complexity to it. It's the same, same reason why the illegal industry, the black market, is still going strong because they just overcomplicate things to the nth degree. It doesn't need to be that complicated. And, you know, Georgia is pushing for having medical legalized. and They're doing it at low doses. That's also a joke. The what works best is natural cannabis, not not a modified potency, but 
than just the straight leaf, the straight oil. I mean, you can't get that when they have tried to restrict the dose, the percentages or the levels of THC. So it's not going to, it's not really a medical solution. Well, that, that sounds like our government. They still want to They need control. to just let recreational, yeah, correct. Yeah. You got it, Kevin. It's about control. They need to let go of that because it can really help people. It's just not the kind of thing you can dictate exactly how to use. It's up to each individual person. Well, I'm glad you brought that out because that's one thing that I have um, in my research and talking to people across the nation that when we think we, we hear, oh, it's legalized in the state, but it's still almost not legal. The taxes are so high, the bureaucracy to obtain it, the license, where you can use it and not use it. Uh, I know I, I was reading uh, Colorado is legal statewide, but there's some counties that it's not legal. And then there's some cities where it's legal in the county, but not legal in the city or vice versa. It's just a mess. You know, whenever the government gets involved, they just make a bureaucracy red tape. But in uh, short, they just are infringing upon people's liberties, and we've got to stop that. Well, thank you so much, Dave. Hang around in case you have any questions or further comments. Um, next, go ahead, Jared. You're on the Liberty Show. Wonderful. Thanks, Kevin. Always glad to be here. Yeah, so uh, I think this whole legalization uh, topic is actually a, a really big issue for, for our age, uh, not because marijuana is some sort of magical life-improving substance, uh, though it can be for for many people with certain conditions. Um, But just the whole whole paradigm of uh, prohibition is is, is such a a weight on on the shoulders of the American public. Uh, I mean, just look at all the the new medicinal uses that we're discovering for for this marijuana plant and how, how much it's able to help people improve their lives. And when we're stuck in this this paradigm of the the state choosing what we can and can't put in our bodies and what is and isn't good for us to consume, we really lose out on a lot of potential benefit from from so many different things. And so marijuana is is sort of this this symbol for this larger paradigm that we just really need to do away with. Uh, there's there's so many different substances that, uh, for various reasons, the state has decided to to schedule as illegal drugs. That uh, once uh, scientists have looked into these substances, they found some incredible medicinal uses for them. And it's absolutely not fair to Americans to not only uh, say that uh, these substances are, are uh, not allowed to be consumed under threat of, of a fine or even jail time, uh, but also uh, when something's on the Schedule 1 on the DEA's list, that means no scientific uh, research can be done on these substances. And that is an incredible disservice when uh, there hasn't been a lot of research on, on things before they get put on this list. So we don't even know if there, there could be medicinal value or not. And on top of all that, this, this arm of the government, the DEA, this is not elected officials representing the people. This is a bureaucratic arm of the government that uh, just decides when it wants to make its own rules. And 
the fact that this agency can just uh, decide to use its power however it sees fit without representation from the people is a is a gross abuse of our civil liberties well i agree and jared i really like your well i like both of those points where i was standing but you know just the fact that um i really like the fact that you're talking about because the way it's um you know scheduled it does it blocks a lot of research at colleges it blocks Mm -hmm. just a lot of creativity productivity innovation you know, um, uh, it might be helpful in uh, treating uh, corona or something. We would never right. know because they, they've got all these, you know, barriers uh, in this land of liberty and freedom. It's, it's not there. And uh, I like what you said about the DEA because so many of our government organizations are just, I don't know, they're just there to pay, put money in people's pockets. They're very ineffective, very biased, very mm-hmm. prejudiced, very racist, discriminatory, uh, especially against the poor. Um, but, but it's allowed. And I do want to also bring up the, the business side of it and how even when, uh, like David would know, when they do get into the medical side, you've got a lot of the big pharma companies, a lot right. of the um, crony capitalism, you mm-hmm. know, um, getting a CBD oil license or a dispensary license is almost impossible in most states unless you're a multi-billion dollar company. Right. So it's still that same, you know, the bureaucracy and the same stuff that has failed in America and ruined our country um, in so many ways. Really, really interesting. Well, thank you everyone for all of their comments. Is there anyone else who wants to comment? I saw, who else did I see on there? This is Tim Smith. I want to give a great big shout out to Kevin Fortune, our host, to our callers, to our panelists, a great big shout out to you all. And I want to extend the world's biggest shout out to our listeners. For without our listeners, there would be no Liberty Show. Now, the question is, why do I believe marijuana should be legalized? Well, quite frankly, the prohibition of marijuana is just flat out racist. According to the ACLU, black individuals are 3.73 times more likely to be arrested for marijuana than white individuals. That's right. Black folks are almost four times as likely to be arrested for marijuana than white folks. Yet, black individuals and white individuals partake in marijuana about equally. Now, who benefits from the prohibition of marijuana? The government does. Municipalities rake in a ton of money from arrests, citations, and court fees. A big chunk of those arrests, citations, and court fees come from the prohibition of marijuana. Now, let's look at a student who gets arrested for marijuana. This individual is in school. They're trying to further their education and they get arrested for a plant that you can grow in your backyard. Because they now have an arrest record, they're at risk of losing their scholarships, of losing their financial aid. And let's say an individual wants to go and get a job, goes out into the job market. Their potential employer pulls up their criminal record. And now because they've been arrested for marijuana, a plant that you can grow in your backyard, they're at risk of losing that job. And let's say that you are a a, a father, you're a mother, and you get arrested over a plant that you can grow in your backyard, the whole family suffers because now you've been arrested. You're in jail. How the hell are you going to provide for your family when you're in jail? Not only that, let's say they don't arrest you, but now you've got to go to court. So now you miss days off of work 
to go to court. Why? Because the state has deemed a plant that you can grow in your backyard as being an illegal substance. If there is no victim, there is no crime. There are no victims when an individual decides to plant a couple of plants in their backyard. Now, there are individuals who partake in marijuana for medicinal purposes. Folks who have seizures have said that marijuana, that cannabis, has helped them control their seizures. The state has no right to tell an individual what they may use, what they may utilize as medicine. That is between the individual and their doctor. And let's not forget about the war on people. I mean, the war on drugs. How many innocent lives have been ruined, destroyed, because the government has deemed a plant that you can grow in your backyard as being an illegal substance. These are the reasons why I believe marijuana should be legalized. Anyone else? Is that it? Well, in closing, we would like to have a shout out to one of our main men, Tim Smith. He is celebrating 20 years with the future Mrs. Tim Smith, Dr. Daedry. And we want to wish uh, Tim Smith and Daedry happy 20 years of beautiful, blessed partnership. And they're great people for liberty and do a great work in the community. So thanks so much for being on the Liberty Show. And we look forward to seeing you next month. Thanks and have a great day.